In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and kunyans. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's November 19th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 18 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the currently uncensored internet. Damn it. And going to stay that way. So anyway, hi people. Are you as cold as we are? Hopefully not. Though I know there are some areas of Canada that are colder. Yeah, some Quite areas. Quite a few areas, considering we are in the southernmost part of Canada. Really. And we're in a little uh, microclimate where we yeah. are. There are areas that have already gotten snow for... Quite a bit. Yeah. Areas quite close to us that have gotten some snow. All right. So moving from adventures in the weather to adventures in knitting, I vote that you go first this time. Okay, then. So this week I have been working on basically two things. Last week I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do now that my mother's stole was done. And then I remembered. I have a project that I haven't been working on for weeks. Because I've been working on something else. Yeah, that's right. My Viper Pilot socks! <laughs> I actually finished the first sock last weekend because I only had to do the toe on it. Right. And the toe is fairly simple, so I finished that within a few hours. And then I started the second Viper Pilot. Sparkling! And I've got the cuff and part of the first Viper repeat. So I don't have much yet. It's only two to three inches long, but I it's could, moving. I, I could say something about something being two to three inches long and it'll get longer. But are you finding... Without ordering any weird stuff off the internet? Yeah. Or responding to any of those emails? Are mm-hmm. you finding that it's going easier now? Yeah. I mean, like even after the last time I picked up the first sock, after not working on it during the summer, I found it was going easier just because I am not so brain dead. Okay. <laughs> there were a few things last week when I was doing the toe, like just getting set up for the toe that I was like, what? But that was because it was a Sunday night after working all weekend. So I was a little frazzled then. Since then, it has been fine. When your brain meets get to low, remember knitters that you should put all exciting knitting to the side. Yes. Otherwise, you will probably be frogging it or walking around with very interesting looking non-matching socks, possibly. Yes. What do you have planned for after the Viper Pilots? Well, I have ordered those needles to do the Fire Isle scarf. Ooh. So I want to do that. That will not necessarily be mentally taxing, especially because, especially when I'm doing some simpler patterns in it. Okay. You know, I'll just have to keep track of my little, little color chart that I'll be using. I would like to do some cookie socks. Ooh. Because I was looking through the stash the other day. I'm thinking I, I might have to de-stash some stuff because I'm, I'm really looking at, at it and being like, okay, I'm really not sure I will ever use this. <laughs> or at least I should see whether anyone, say, like, that my mother knows or anything like that is actually interested in maybe buying mm-hmm. a couple finished objects. Yep. See if there is any interest for that. If so, I might keep some of that yarn because then I'll make stuff out of it to, you know, sell to them or something. But because if that's not going to happen, then I should really just get rid of some of this yarn. There's some stuff I bought where I might have bought like two or three skeins before I actually had the chance to work with one, like with some of the Malabrigo sock. I've found, like, I've tried doing socks at a Malabrigo sock and I've just always ripped them out because it's very fine, which when I'm doing socks for my feet, which are big, doesn't really work out very well with getting the right or what I want with the density of the fabric. Right. You like a certain base. Yeah. So with the Malabrigo sock, I'd probably just end up doing a lot of like shawls or scarves or things like that. Yeah. But I'm not sure I really need a lot more than what I already have <laughs> planned because I already have lots of sock yarn that I, I want to turn into shawls and scarves and things. So yeah, like I said, maybe I'll just see if there's any... Have a de-stash party. I could do that. I was thinking of maybe just putting it up on Ravelry. Yeah. Saying like, okay, this is the price plus shipping. If anyone... And then, you know, plurking all the local people and saying, this is my de-stash page. If you want anything... Let me know. Yeah, just let me know and I'll bring it. So, because that way too, I don't have to... Then I don't have to log all the stuff to Knit Night. Yeah. And then have people take like two things and yeah. then lug all the stuff home. So yeah, I, I might do a little wee de-stash. Not a big de-stash because I still, I have not given up on quite a lot of my yarn. <laughs> but a wee de-stash. But I was looking at, you know, some of the other yarn I have and there's some stuff that I, I wanted. I got specifically so I could do some of Cookie Socks, especially for a lot of the socks in Sock Innovation. Have that 64 stitch. Yeah. Which is just not quite enough. 
unless I do it in certain yarns, like say Blue Moon Fiber Arts, mm-hmm. socks that rock the lightweight, because it's denser. It's a little, it's a little heavier than some finger weights, finger weights, and it's denser, so it doesn't yeah. squish as much. So for that, I can get away with doing it, and I kind of want to do other stuff, and I kind of want to do gloves, <laughs> and I kind of want to do. Yeah, you... I always, I never have. I will never have a shortage of projects that I want to do. You, I did see that you queued quite a few, quite a few glove patterns. They're very pretty. All kinds of twisted stitch cables. Oh yeah, very pretty. Which I've been wanting to do a lot recently because my hands are freezing. Oh my god, my hands are cold, and I need to do some fingerless mitts too, so I can keep my hands warm at work. And then the other thing I have been doing this week is I've been making hexapuffs. Yay, hexapuffs! My beekeeper's quilt is like, well, it's you know still nowhere near as big as it would probably. I would like it to be, but I have been doing a lot more little hexapuffs. I've actually found that I can do a hexapuff in about 45 minutes. Okay. So my bus ride to work and from work, I can get a hexapuff done each way. You need a Snape hexapuff. So I do have one. One that is obviously Snape. I do have one from the Socks That Rock that I did my Mystic Light shawl in, which is black with Ooh. green, greeny, greeny, tealy, overdyed with black. Maybe that just needs, like, three buttons on it or something like that. Like, <laughs> for right where his cuffs are. I should get some of the white cotton I have and do, like, a little... Edge. Edge around <laughs> it and little buttons on it. Um, one of the socks last week that I think I mentioned I was considering ripping out is actually in Sunshine Yarns colorway called Snape. There you go. And it is black and green and gray. Yay. So I would probably... Because I did socks out of that, but then they got holes in a couple places and it's kind of difficult to, to darn them or I don't know if I want to That just shows them. you love them enough to wear them a lot. I don't think I got to wear them that much actually before they got holes. I think I was, if I remember correctly, I was pretty pissed because I hadn't worn them that much. Oh dear. Before they got holes, unfortunately. <clears throat> Which is just because of like, I think I had new shoes that was just rubbing at one point. Oh, like, sad sock oh. story. But yes, there is never a shortage of like, I really want to do this next in my head. There's always like three or four projects that are like, want to do it. Oh yes. And I want to do a sweater and I want to cast it on sometime soon. And I want to get yarn so I can do the Watson sweater. Yes. Sometime soon. That is important. So yes, there is, there is never a shortage. Are you, are you, have you seamed up that sweater that you did for NanoSwimmo last year? I was going to block it and seam it up this weekend because I have this weekend off. You heard her, everybody. So yes. Well, especially because, oh, the other thing I want to do sometime soon is do some more spinning. I haven't done some in a while. But for the last couple weeks, I've been holding off because this week I'm doing my sheep story time. Okay. And I was thinking of actually bringing my wheel with me. Ooh. So I didn't want to start a bob. I was going to start some new stuff after the biffle that I had on there was driving me nuts. I didn't want to start a new bobbin with new stuff and then have to pull it off to put on stuff that I can do in front of the kids right. or let the kids yeah. try. How many girls are going to try and prick their fingers and fall down and swoon into a sleep? Well, actually, most of my kids are boys. Oh, okay. In my story time this year, actually. And, you know... Another thing, it's not that kind of whale. But yeah, so I kind of want to do some spinning. And then I was also thinking, if I get the sweater done, like, blocking this weekend and can seam it up in time, I could wear my sweater for story time, Oh, very nice. Which will also be nice because that library is damn cold in the winter. Are you done? Yep. Okay. I don't have anything. As much near as exciting. I I went monogamous with Hansa for a while, with Mm -hmm. the Hansa Mittens, because, you know, of course, they got abandoned last week. Mm -hmm. My goal was to do ten rounds a night, and by that calculation, I should have been at the tips getting ready to decrease for the top of the fingers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. Life happens, and ten rounds a night just didn't happen. I am sort of in the middle area, because you can see I'm showing this to Karen. This is where the thumb is. Yeah. So I am sort of in the middle-ish area. You're still working on the gusset for the thumb, though. Yeah. Okay. So you're basically at the top of the thumb gusset by the look of it. Like the end of it. Like it looks like you're about ready to get yeah. over the gusset stitches. Yeah. In two rows, I'm supposed to do that. Which but will I, cut down on the number of stitches in each round quite a bit. Yeah. I just do not knit fast for color knitting because I find myself stopping to unwind the balls a lot. Your balls are tangled? Yeah, they do that a lot. And the other thing is I really... I have a thing about... I can't stand using these needles because of one of them. Oh, that has a little bend in the tip. It has bends, it has scratches, and it feels awful when I knit with it. But unfortunately, these were the size and the length needles that I needed. So make do Mm -hmm. and just deal. So hopefully I will have a completed handsome by next week. I'm pretty much done knitting for other people for Christmas now. 
Thank you very much. Yay! I got... Remember when we went to the... Not the Knitters... Not the Knitters Fair in Toronto. The... No, you mean not the Knitters Frolic in Toronto. Not the Knitters Frolic in Toronto. The Knitters Fair in Kitchener? The Knitters Fair in Kitchener, I got... No, it was the Knitters Fair that I got three skeins of Koi Goo, wasn't it? No, the Knitters Frolic. Damn it. Toronto, frolic. Yes. Kitchener, fair. Well, it was the frolic that I got three skeins of koi goo to yep. make myself the linen scarf. Yep, 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 because I remember helping you pick them out. And have I started a linen scarf? No. No, I have not. Because you knit for other people? Because I knit for other people first. Or you knit stuff for yourself and then you decide it's for other people? Yeah. I haven't done that currently with the socks that go with me everywhere in my purse. They didn't get as much attention. They got a couple of rounds of attention, but they didn't get as much of attention because, you know, I have to share my affections with everybody. Yeah. You know now until projects get finished. But I'm trying to think of things because I'm flying home for the Christmas holidays. Yep. And I'm trying to think of what I could have with me that will be relatively easy to knit without lugging along a lot of patterns with me. Because the last thing I want is to lose parts of the patterns like I did with the shawl. God yeah. help me. Oh, God. Or, you know, to find patterns that will display well on your Kobo. <laughs> that's true. But I also want to have something that's just a little bit on the impressive side for... The for when you're around other people. For when I'm around other people. They'll be like, what's that you're working on? Oh, this? It's nothing. I'm just whipping out a sock. Because I've had people come up to me and said... By the way, you know, you're a knitter. You would, you might understand this. I saw these people knitting and they had two needles, but they were connected in the middle with the wire. I said, yeah, circular needles. Yeah, circular needles. And they're like, wow, what an idea. Does it work? And I'm like, well, if it didn't. Would anybody be using them? There's an awful lot of investment in circular needles that just ain't going nowhere. So I'm thinking of the linen scarf because, damn it, I want to make one. And it's going to be my brainless knitting. I am going to finish the Paper Moon socks for me. Hell, high water, whatever has to happen. And I am going to start the Evan Dim before the year is out. Because I obviously can't decide what to do with my Madeline Tosh. So I'm not going to think of... I'm going to try not to think about it. <laughs> I'm still going to think about it, but I'm not going to... I'm going to try not to. But I'm at least going to be working on a scarf, finish the Paper Moon socks, and get my Evan Dim started. Because the first half of next year belongs to me. Yay! That's my goal. That's my plan. And I will try and make sure you stick to it. Well, I just announced it to hundreds of people around the world, so... At least just over 200, because we do have 207 in the Ravelry, in our Ravelry group. group last Woohoo! Yay! Thank you, guys! That's awesome! And I love that it's so multinational. Oh, yes. I love that. I was looking at the list the other day and seeing where everybody was from, and it's like, oh my god, we have people in Australia and Finland and Sweden and the UK... Super cool. And all over Canada, and all over the States. And you know what? This is what the internet can do. Yes, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Actually, thinking, just again, thinking of your linen stitch scarf, that sounds like a good one to bring with you on yeah, the plane. Yeah, to because, go on the plane. like, what kind of flights do you have down to? It's a one, it's a non-stop, so it's going to oh, be about good. three hours. So straight from Toronto, Toronto. to... Nassau. That's yeah. pretty good, actually. Yeah, when you're, when you're traveling with a four-year-old, that's the way to go. Yeah. Then again, I can yeah I can see that would probably be that could be a nonstop because I can imagine there'd be enough people going. Yeah, the, to it NASA is. A, from it's Toronto pretty. To it's make pretty it consistent. It's only when you go to smaller places you have to change planes or whatever. So let's move on into happier things and geek squeak. So we got some news today from one of our secret agents across the pond. A, a member, our, one of our members of Her Majesty's Special Geeky Service, Agent HT, who gave us some updated information on Sherlock. Season 2. What we do know is that the premiere screening in London will happen on December 7th. So be prepared for some super swanky images to come out shortly after that date. Ooh, I will have to check out promo pictures of that. Shortly after that, the BBC should be airing episodes late January. That's the only sort of framework that we have. We don't yeah. have actual dates. Yeah. We just know that it'll be late January, which should make the post-Christmas season more bearable. As for the U.S., the episodes don't officially come out in the U.S. until May 6th, 13th, and 20th. Yeah. Which, between January to May, that is that is a big, long area of boo. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to host a Sherlock party, I think. Yeah. And I, I'm... Not going to say when. I should double check, actually, and see if Showcase, the Canadian network, I should say, because I think there's a American Showcase network, too, has bought Sherlock as well. Because last time 
With the first season, Showcase bought it and showed it in Canada, and I think they showed it about the same time as PBS. But if I remember correctly, I think there was some stuff, or there was a few parts where PBS did a little editing. Oh, really? Of the series. Yeah, I think they cut just a couple little scenes and stuff for time, probably. But I'd have to double check. Any information that we can get. Yes. Information is key in battle. So there you go. There's the latest on the Sherlock. Premiere screening in December uh, in London, December 7th. BBC, late January, the U.S. in May. Though that does give us give me time, too, to see if I get a gift certificate from Webb's for Christmas. For the yarn for the Watson sweater. For the yarn sweater. for the Watson sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we should do a knit-along for that. Mm. A knit-along Watson sweater or something like, you know, Sherlock scarf or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or are there, you know, anything sort of Sherlockian? Sherlock-y. What do you guys think? Do you want to do a knit-along for, for the Sherlock episodes? Tell us what you think. And send us some ideas. So if I'm making a sweater, hopefully it'll be a cold May. I might finish the sweater and then not be able to wear it because it's the end of May or June if I want to knit it while watching the episodes. When, when did you finish your Nanoswimo sweater? Shut up. Okay. I knit it in a month. <laughs> this one will be done in one piece, too. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm knitting the Watson sweater in one piece. Okay, so there's no seaming. Yes. Okay. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> okay, and other things that are coming out that we are very excited about. Oh. This week, the official full-length trailer for Brave was put up. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Oh, my hair stood on end. I watched I it tonight it. before coming here cuz of course, people start plucking and tweeting about this while I'm at work like a couple days ago, so I didn't actually get to see it for a couple days. But oh my god. My hair stood on end oh. just hearing all of those accents it just, and just oh my <laughs> god it looks awesome i cannot wait and as soon as we saw merida the first time you really see her she's at the dinner table with her family and just her hair is just so awesome her hair is an entity unto itself yes it's like its own character it's huge. i love it it's, it's like vibrant it's, it's alive just curly and wild and it doesn't look like really fancy yeah, it's or not coiffed. yeah it's not like perfect little spiral curls. It's like real person hair. Yes. Real person living in the Middle Ages, no shampoo and conditioner hair. No fancy styling product hair. No flattening iron, no hair gel, no... Yeah. No, none of that. It looks as wild and as vibrant and amazing as her character yes. does, really. Yes. It suits her very much. I want my freedom! <laughs> And the movie just looks so good. A lady should have elegant pursuits. That, Mom. I'm sorry. Everything about this movie just sings to me. Yes. Everything. Well, we've said before, we are going to be there opening night. Yeah. At our local Cineplex, just being like, "Woo!" Damn right. I may, I may have to make her gown just for opening night or something. Grow out your hair. And yeah, I'm gonna grow out my hair. I was debating in the last week. You know, should I do a bob or something different? And now that I'm remember, oh yeah, this movie's coming out. No, I gotta grow my hair. I can't wait to see it. And that was June, right? Yep. Yeah. June twenty second to twenty twelve. I was gonna say we're gonna have to stagger sort of our geek times or moments because we have the early year is gonna be into the Sherlockian. Yeah. And then in June we have Brave, so we gotta think of something around the Aprilish area to sort of fill that void. I'm sure something will come something up. Something will come up. Oh, and I should also mention another trailer that has come out that has people completely freaking out is the trailer for the Hunger Games movie. And I should mention that I have not read the books. I know this is probably some kind of sacrilege, especially because I work for the library and I should really read a lot more of these things that are the big thing. I just I think I think I'm going to have to be in the right mood to read this, because if you haven't heard about this, it's like really big hit, young adult, dystopian, post-apocalyptic novel. And I just don't know if I want to read it. it. it it's kind of like... I a, know it's supposed really good. The, the concept it's is just, this kind of Thunderdome. 24 go in, one comes out. Yeah. It's basically like each... What used to be the United States is split up into 12 districts. Each district sends one boy and one girl to... The Hunger Games, which is this big games and, you know, to, you know, gain glory and also I think other rewards for their district. But of course the thing is, it's like all kids from 12 to 18 and it is a fight to the death. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like I I watched the trailer earlier tonight and even watching the trailer, I was just like, "Uh, I don't know if I can handle this. (laughs) 
So at least for certain individuals, it's going to have to be a certain uh, mental environment. Yeah, I don't know if we, I don't think I will be doing a little review of this one when it comes out on the podcast, because I just don't know if I'll be able to go see it. Well, in other cases, speaking of reviews, mm-hmm. didn't Breaking Dawn come out recently? Yes. Breaking Dawn actually comes out technically today, but of course, last night there were midnight showings for okay. it. And... Of course, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it for the lulls because, dear God, I was looking at the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes tonight. And those, in case you don't those know, were hilarious. Yeah. I know there are a lot of people who really like Twilight. I don't. I have tried reading the books and I cannot for various, various reasons. And I don't want to spend, like, you know, be all like, oh my God, Twilight's so awful. And then, you know, basically spend like 20 minutes dumping on it. But for anyone who doesn't know what Rotten Tomatoes is, it's actually a website where they collect a whole bunch of reviews for a movie and give it a rating based on how many reviewers gave it a 3 out of 5 or better. So actually what you get in their rating is what percentage of reviewers thought this movie was average or better? Which is really good because then you're not looking at, say, one reviewer who hates whatever every kind of non-arthouse movie. And I think as of today, Breaking Dawn had a 25% At the rating. moment, yeah. Oh, boy. It wasn't doing too good. Mind you, the, what, the audience review... Yeah, the audience was 92%. Yeah. But yeah, I'll probably be seeing it sometime this week, and we might have some discussion of it next week. Yeah, we'll we'll try and arrange something special. Something sparkly. Wear sequins in our hair and put glitter all over the studio yeah, or we'll something Yeah, we'll like wear that. shimmer makeup so we look like sparkle pyres. <laughs> By the way, that leads into an idea I had over the week. Uh, if anybody is still looking for some sort of a geek gift to give out that is of the home baking variety, my suggestion is a gingerbread war in a box. And that is is where you make gingerbread Daleks, gingerbread ninjas, and gingerbread dragons. You put them all into a box to give to a friend and just label it as epic gingerbread war. (laughs) <laughs> and then everybody could have fun deciding who wins and who dies and gets eaten. Yeah, and I did actually see when I was in Toronto a couple weeks ago, I saw cookie cutters for ninja bread men. Oh, and the reason why I went into this from the Sparkle Pirates is because you can get edible glitter. Yes. Iridescent uh, edible glitter. So you can have your army of edible gingerbread vampires. Or sugar cookie vampires. <laughs> yes, sugar cookie is also an option. So With the sweet, you- sweet scent that just makes you want to numb. Oh my god. <laughs> I kind of want to do that now. My, Make sure my your cookie vampires. My vampire cookie comes over to your ninja and starts nomming on your head. The ninja cookie turns around and bitch slaps him across the room where he breaks into a million sparkly diamond pieces. Or you could do, in that case, you could do little vampires and little werewolves. Oh, and on this tangent, everybody, go to www.coolorama.com. Do a search for gingerbread TARDIS. Yes! Oh my god, this is amazing. This <laughs> I is saw a, it earlier. This is a really good gingerbread TARDIS. It's not to the point where it's, you know, over-plastered with, with icing so that it looks like a ham-handed construction job. This is a really good TARDIS. I mean, yeah. they have the beveling for the doors and everything. Yeah, it looks really good. And then if you scroll down, you'll see other options. There were ginger... Gingerbread battleships, there was the Millennium Falcon, there was the Cupcake Star Wars, mm-hmm. there was the R2-D2 cookies. Those were stellar. Those were cute. Those were stunning. Those are those were an amazing piping job. Yeah, they were. Need some steady hands for that. Someday. Someday. Oh, and thinking of Doctor Who, apparently, the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, I believe is his name, his outfit is being auctioned off on eBay to support BBC's Children in Need fundraiser. His entire outfit, he wears like a tweed jacket, bow tie, shirt, pants, everything. It's being auctioned on eBay. Does Doctor Who wear tidy whities I don't think <laughs> undies were included. I had to ask. Maybe he goes commando. Maybe he wears Star Trek Boxers. Maybe his boxers are bigger on the inside. Oh my god, you went there. <laughs> you were asking for it. Oh god, I did. I I was trotting down that path and didn't see that coming. Well done, points. <laughs> points to you. <laughs> also, during the Children in Need 
special that BBC had on the other day. Apparently they also premiered a trailer for the Doctor Who Christmas special, which is called The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe. I want to see this. I so want to see this. Even though you haven't gotten to that Doctor yet? I don't care. (laughs) I want to see this. Oh, and staying in the UK for a minute. Apparently in the UK, universities have seen an increase in the number of students taking physics since the Big Bang Theory started showing now, who in says Britain. that television doesn't encourage education? Yes. And the other the real, the really good thing is that the percentage increase in women going into physics is about the same as the percentage increase in men going into physics. So even though there's still like about a three to one ratio mm-hmm. of male to female students in physics, at least the increase, women are going in at about the same rate as men are. So sometime in the future, there are going to be lots of super sexy but smart physicists. Well, actually, that could be men, too. There already are lots of... Well, that's true. Probably lots of super sexy <clears throat> physicists. I'm, I'm trying but to think... But there's going to be even more. I'm trying to think of this, like, super girl squad physicists. You know, secret G.I. Joe, but they're all girls. That sounds like the making of an Ossic awesome comic. You know, they all walk around in uh, high heels and, you know, they all wear glasses, but they're all stylishly chic and stuff like that. <laughs> and they're in lab coats and obviously I don't understand physicists at all. Or even they could be a variety of different body types, but still be totally kick-ass. Yeah. With their brains. With their brains. I can kill you with my brain. <laughs> in some more serious geek news, though, to make people aware of certain things that are going on, Apparently in the U.S. there is a there are two bills that are being debated in the House of Representatives and the Senate. One is the Protect IP Act. The other is the Stop Internet Piracy Act, or SOPA. And both of these have some fairly far-reaching effects. Effects. I guess. If they get passed. They are, of course, really complicated. And I've seen a couple different places where people have tried to explain them. One of the places that has a fairly simple description of what these bills will do is called fightforthefuture.org. But basically what it looks like is it gives power more power to corporations to take down websites that they think infringe on their copyright. Basically what it can do is the government can force internet service providers to block access to domain names or sue to have links to content removed from search engines or blogs or things things like that if they supposedly link to things that infringe on copyright. The problem with this is people have mentioned things this could even be applied to things like all the animated gifs you find on Tumblr, which having fallen down the Tumblr hole a few times (laughs) is a lot. Like think of how many Warner Brothers could go after if they wanted to go after people who did like Harry Potter tumblers. Or I think there was I think there has previously been a case that they mentioned on Fight the Future. Fight for the Future. Sorry, Fight the Future was the X Files movie. And which could be a, another example in this case of say someone who has a who's performing a song on YouTube. Or even someone who has a YouTube video of say their cat doing something cute but there's music playing in the background. Whoever owns that music could then sue to have that, like, sue people who post that, sue people who link to that, as well as the creator. Yeah. So if we linked to something awesome on YouTube that someone created, we could get get in trouble. You know, you could be blocked from, theoretically, you could be blocked from visiting our blog. Now, there's some people that say, yeah, it's really, it gives a lot of really far-reaching abilities. And and most of this is because a lot of the sites that have pirated content on it are not in the U.S. for obvious reasons. Because they would have been shut down by now, like Napster and things like that. I don't think anyone's really strongly arguing about protecting, say, the sites. Like some of the international websites where people will upload entire movies or things like that. Though there's a lot of people who would still argue for that for various reasons, such as, you know, content not being available. Like, say, with TV shows, content not being available... In any other medium. In Yeah, in any other form. Like, say... Maybe something out of date. Yeah, something that, you know, that maybe networks aren't including on their yeah. websites or something like that. But the main thing that people are worried about is, one, it's sort of police elsewhere in the world, according to U.S. 
restrictions too. People are kind of worried about the whole like, yeah, the government can block your i your can force your internet service provider to keep you from looking at certain websites. That is much scary. Yeah, I'm not a person to be all like conspiracy theory, don't trust the government sort of thing. And at least you know, at first, of course, it wouldn't go that far, but you kind of have to wonder. How far will Depending will on, go? like, what happens in future, and even not, like, within the next election period, but, say, ten years down the line. What's it going what, to snowball you know, whatever, Yeah, whatever into. party is in office and whatever happens or anything like that, what could it be used for is the thing. Because once the law is in, then people can be like, well, this breaks this law. We can use this law to do it. And it's, it's something that, that it seems like a very slippery slope. And, you know, as Fight for the Future has mentioned, there are other ways to fight piracy that they already have at their disposal. Do we really need to take this step, which seems fairly drastic? <laughs> because the countries that monitor and control the web are countries like China. Iran. Iran. Places that have lot of human rights problems. problems. Yeah. Again, trying not to fearmonger or trying not to blow things out of proportion, but if corporations have power to try and get sites taken down and things like that, what about people that are protesting against corporate power? <laughs> like right. the whole Occupy Wall Street thing. That could... I know. Again, it just seems like a very slippery slope. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It seems like it could be used for evil instead of good. Yes. So I bas- basically the message is to get out there and just be informed yes. of what is going on. And also on Fight for the Future and a couple other websites that are dealing with this, um, there's another one called American Censorship, which I haven't, which I haven't looked at, so I don't know again how if they're going over the deep end about it bear this in mind of course when you watch anything like this or any sort of website like this you have to sort of look at it yourself and see like okay are they you know going well out to the out to the extreme to get people afraid and things like that but you know just at least be aware of what could be going on with this do your own research and then on a lot of these websites they have a way for you to get in contact for americans to get in contact with their local representatives right to tell them make your voice do not pass this Yeah. yeah make your voice heard there's lots of lolcats and other spoof stuff going flying around the web that is being that is trying to take this very serious situation and make it somewhat uh, lighthearted in its own way. For example, there's an image of Gandalf down in Moria uh, about to face the Balrog and of course it says underneath you shall not pass! And then it has the fine The Protect IP app. Yeah. Act. But yeah, I think, and I think considering the amount of coverage I've been seeing this getting on a lot of different websites and people saying, dear God, please email your representative and tell them not to pass this. I don't think people are necessarily blowing this out of proportion. Usually when things get, and because I know a lot of fairly sensible people (laughs) on the internet, usually when things get, you know. Sensible people do exist on the internet. Yes. I have a statistic for you. Yes? Guess how much of the internet is porn? 75%? Less than 1%. I basically said 75% just because the internet is made for porn. Yes, the internet is made for porn. It's actually more like 75 to 80% spam. Oh, yeah. And then, I figured there wasn't that yeah. much porn on the internet. And then, and then the rest of the internet that we actually use is like in the 10 lolcats. to 50% left over. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the internet is lolcats. Yeah. And then there's that crossover with lolcats and porn. And then there's blogs and various oh no they didn't communities. So moving into cravings, covets, and crushes, this has been a big week for new releases of patterns. And we're going to mention one of them this week. Well, one release. Yes, one release. We're going to start with Knit Circus. Yes, because we want to take our time to discuss these things. So there's Knit Circus... Gifts 2011, which I have actually not seen through, so you will hear my reactions as we go through. Naturally, lots of doodads and lots of um, knitting accessories in, yeah. the, in the advertisements. And yeah, of course, there's going to be features on like fun stocking stuffers and things like that. But I think we'll mainly discuss the patterns. Shapely. That's not too. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's quite nice. It looks pretty. It looks fairly simple. It's a Looks like a half circle or a sort of crescent-shaped shawl with some mostly stockinette at the top by the look of it. With some reverse stockinette or garter sections. And then lace around the edge. The designer... Jane, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing this right, Prater or Prater. Uh, but Jane has said she wanted a shawl that fits her body. Mm-hmm. So she's 
conformed the increases and decreases so that it will always drape over her shoulders. Yeah. Crescent-shaped shawls, usually, I've seen most people say, they usually seem to fit over their shoulders and then stay over their shoulders better than, say, triangle shawls. And these aren't, we're not going to mention every single pattern that's in the issue, just again, the one that sort of catches our eye. Ooh, I see socks. Looks like an XO cable pattern with bobbles. I'd have to see how big the bobbles are. I would think it might be a little... These are the Flickering Fire Socks. By Julie Rouskulp? That's, I think that's about it. Yeah. R-O-U-S-C-U-L-P. The idea is that the cables and bobbles flicker around the sock. And it's knit in worsted weight. Okay. Those would be some fairly big bobbles then. They're to keep your feet warm inside of winter boots or for padding around the house on a winter day. So they're somewhere in between socks and slippers. Yeah. There's something super House squishy. socks. Yeah. Oh, there's a cute little stuffed cow. It's a blushy cow. Milk cow by Susan B. Anderson. It looks really cute. The Dugdale cardigan looks like a really cute kid's card cardigan. And that's by Corinna Ferguson. Yes, it is. Ooh, I can read from here. And it comes with a blanket, too. Ooh, there's a poinsettia doily as well by Linda W. Browning. And it looks really neat. There's this, there's especially one pretty one that has a little bit of green in the center and then it goes out to red. The one that we were like, ooh, that's interesting. It's the Runaround Town Mittens by Kate Lemmers. And it looks basically like... It's a modern muff. Yeah, not the big... Not a big furry muff, but it looks more like if you started knitting a mitten from the bottom up and then knit a mitten from the top down without the thumb holes. It's basically, or like, actually it looks sort of like a tube of knitting with a ribbed cuff on either end. And in the middle, there's a zippered pocket to put things in. So you can stick your hands inside either side. And of course your hands will help keep themselves warm with the body heat. And then there's a zippered pocket in there to put stuff in. Bus pass, chain. And it's also knit in worsted. Mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of things for winter are going to be made in worsted. It might be... I don't know how... It might be useful if you're like going for a walk. It might not be that useful if you're, you know, doing your daily thing, where it helps to have at least two hands separate. <laughs> but it looks like an interesting idea. The winter tide cowl looks interesting, too. Mm-hmm. By okay. Danny Berg. That looks really warm and cozy. Remember, cowls. Very good for quick projects. Yes. I've been thinking I should maybe make myself a cowl sometime too soon, too. Especially for, for, like, a cowl that you can pull up over your head. Just because my, at least my current winter jacket, I'm thinking of getting a new one, doesn't have a hood. Mm, okay, yeah. And there are certain days where I have a hat which is nice and warm and tends to block the breeze, but there are some days where it gets, in the winter, it gets really windy around here, which is the main problem. We don't usually get a lot of snow. It gets very windy. Towards the end of Knit Circus, we also get into some of the holiday baking. And I'm looking at a recipe for gluten-free pumpkin walnut muffins. Mm. Yeah, they usually have recipes near the end. And then, of course, they also have their winter 2011 issue. This is is an article in here that I really want to sit down and read closely, all about handspun. Yeah, about choosing and how to use handspun. Because my goal next year is to learn to spin. I may Mm. not spin well. Well, Well, it takes practice. Yeah, but damn it, I'm going to learn. The Icy Rivulets shawl looks pretty interesting. By, I can't read it from here. Christina Villamate? Villamate? It's V-I-L-I-M-A-I-T-E is her last name. We apologize for butchering your last name. Of course, it helps it's done in this lovely pink yarn. It looks like a nice little lace pattern. And again, a sort of circular... Yeah, it looks very crescent Like a half circular crescent crescent sort of shape. Because it's sitting, it's wrapped high around her. Yeah. Not a lot of, you know, back I love the French roast sweater. You do? Yes. By Rachel Dickman. It's just a lovely cardigan that it's one of those cardigans that has sort of the the curved bottom edges. It's got a lot of texture. I'm not sure how it would look on me. There's a textured stitch pattern for most of the body of the sweater and the sleeves. It looks like a fairly simple textured pattern and then it's edged in ribbing by the look of it. It looks very smooshy and soft. Yes. It looks like a really cozy sweater. I'm not entirely sure how that curved bottom would look on me thanks to my gut. But I love that shape. But that's one of the things I can check on Ravelry too. Yeah, to see how it looks on the You know, in a few months I can see how many people have made it 
and... See, this I'm not so sure about. The Priscilla vintage capelet? Yeah, with the pom-poms. Yeah, the pom-poms. I don't know. Capelets? I don't... I'm not 100% with the capelets. Yeah. Shawls? Yes. Capelets? Mm. I don't know. But, again, that is personal opinion. Yeah. And it also depends on your body type and depend Because with that would be my worry with capelets. And your body type and also, like, what else you're wearing. Oh, what about this one? Oh, the Sandraline? I uh, like it. Could Jessamine you... Lieb. Click on it. I'd like to see the bottom right where you can actually see all of the sweater. Or the bottom left. Okay, it looks like it has a cable that runs... Right up, like basically where the button band would be if there were buttons yeah. on this thing. It's a and the non, rest of it is... It's a non-button sweater. Yeah. And the rest of it is, it is stuck in it. It looks interesting. It says it's uh, modified from an Elizabeth Zimmerman pattern and creates a perfect fit with no sewing or picking up of stitches. Hmm. Waist shaping, slim fitted sleeves. It looks really... It looks really nicely shaped. I sometimes wish designers had a little bit more going on in there, though. I suppose this is for the beginner knitter going into intermediate knitter, because yeah. there is an, an accomplishment in the amount of knitting that you're doing for a sweater, but it's got all of these little interesting bits, like the yeah. cuff. little the details, hem. and the rest is a lot of stockinette. But you earn your stripes with stockinette just as well. Yeah, but at this point in my knitting career... Well, for you, yes. <laughs> if we are discussing what patterns we like, Okay. Walking into the New Year's Socks by Catherine Vaughn. She did research into what all of the different twists and cables and patterns for the Iran sweaters mean. Mm -hmm. And apparently this is supposed to represent as much good luck as you can get to walking, going into the New Year. <laughs> Preferably worn by a dark-haired man. Crosses your threshold, first person to cross your threshold, threshold after midnight. Bringing a gift. <laughs> that's part of the. That's part of the tradition. That's called first, first footing, footing. By, by the way, it's a Scottish yeah. tradition. The first person to cross your threshold in the New Year should be a man with dark hair who comes bearing a gift. And in on New Year's Eve, at our New Year's uh, party back at home, yeah. my parents would always grab somebody with the appropriate, you know, physical attributes. Yes. Put a bottle of rum in his hand and say, wait outside. Poor guy who has no idea what first footing is all about. Yeah. Is standing there going, what did I do wrong? No, don't, <laughs> trust me. You're, no. you're going to become the guest of honor as soon as the new year rings in. Yeah. It's part of the Scottish Hogmanay mm -hmm. celebra celebrations. I want to see that personally one day. Mm-hmm. Actually, a museum I worked at when I was in university, it was a historic house museum. And it was for it was a house that had been built for the first doctor in that area. And he was from Scotland. So we always had a Hogmanay program on New Year's, New Year's Day. So we had someone who, we had haggis and Athelbros and... <laughs> <laughs> for the adults. <laughs> and, you know, there was, I think there were Scottish country dancers that came as well. And I read about the, um, I read about the, whatever you want to call it, football, rugby, soccer, free-for-all ball game that happens <laughs> on that day as well. It's literally a free-for-all, no-holds-barred ball game where one town is one goal and the other town is the other goal. Really? Yeah. And that th sounds interesting. Because this is what it was like way back, you know, centuries ago when they didn't have, obviously, pitches. And sometimes this, it's its no holds barred. If this the ball goes into a pub, the entire game goes into the pub. <laughs> wow. I wonder how many times the ball goes into a pub. <laughs> well. It's like, oh, crap. Ball went into another pub. Guess we got to take another time out. No, no Someone give me a drink, I'm parched. There are no times out. They run <laughs> into the pub screaming, hollering, and, you know, probably covered in woad and maybe naked, if we're lucky. And mud. And mud. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are probably a couple of pub uh, owners that are going to say, all right, we're not opening up until the, until the game's all finished. <laughs> Riffle. That's got a nice design on it. Yeah, the riffle fingerless they, mitts. They have an option for gloves and for the mitts. Okay. Well, yeah, because the fingerless, fingerless, quote-unquote, mitts, they basically have, like, little fingers on the mitts that yeah. only go up to about the first, first and knuckle. And it's by Anna Dalvey. But they have, oh, yes, she's did the Mystic Light Shawl. There you go. And a whole bunch of other things that I love. It's really neat. They have sort of like a, a fishbone well, sort of cable on the back. Well, apparently, riffle is the part of a stream where it the flow is very shallow, mm -hmm. and the froth and the movement on the top is very obvious. Yeah. And that's what the knitting pattern looks like. Ripen Ooh. does look nice. Yes, the Ripen shawl. And it is by Megan Jackson. And they it looks basically like a... It looks knit side to side. Yeah, actually it does. Yeah. And you work in edging along the top and sort of a lace edging. And again, it's sort of a... It's hard to tell if it's a crescent or a triangle. Probably crescent-ish. And it has the option for bead detail. 
styles. It is a one skein fingering weight. Ooh. That golden color that they chose mm-hmm. does wonders for it, too. It's a beautiful... It's very nice. Veta, veta, nice. Yes, it's a beautiful golden yellow semi-solid I in the picture. Think of that with beads in the edging. Mm-hmm. Very nice. The Verona Cardi by Julie Fisk and Amy Detchen. It's basically a lace cardigan with raglan sleeves and a scoop neck. And in the picture, the way they've, at least the way they've got it is, it looks like it's just one button right at the top of the neck. And the rest of it is hanging open, but I like it. It looks like a little arrow lace pattern. Now, also in Knit Circus, there's an essay from, as she's called, the yarn stylist, Caitlin Mayer, and she has the top 100 reasons to buy yarn, you know, in case you needed any incentive. Some of these are actually really creative. Yes. I like that. (laughs) Very creative in the sense that you can explain away almost any reason to buy yarn. You know, one of them is, it's because you had a good day. Another is because you had a bad day. Yeah. And it's broken up into different categories or different scenarios. So, like, there's... At the LYS, while traveling, in general, it's the yarn, it's the color, everyone else is doing it, just being practical, helping others, and if none of the above apply... Because I said so. So basically you're being instructed... Just you can't find a reason within those 100 reasons. So in general is where they have the... Because I had a bad day, because I've had a good day. I just completed a yarn diet. (laughs) And I deserve a reward. Because that's what everybody does after having a diet of any kind. I made it through an entire week without having chocolate. I (laughs) want a hot fudge sundae. Yes. There's another one that says, if Angora is good enough for Princess Kate, it's good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really pretty sweater she wore. Mm -hmm. Um, We're referring to the sweater that she wore for the reception for her wedding. And then for when traveling, there's one that says, this yarn reminds me of place person thing which is usually what ends up happening with a lot of my traveling yarn i remember where i bought this such things are important my three favorites number 60 and this is sounds like something that would be said probably on the millennium falcon right before it fell apart i have a plan number 63 it's so pretty it hurts that reminds me of a twilight moment i guess (laughs) sorry and number 65 there will be an emptiness in my heart if i leave without this yarn that was a bella moment if i leave without this sparkly yarn there will be this emptiness inside of me that will well and grow into a vampiric baby (laughs) and i will have to turn to my werewolf fuzzy yarn (laughs) to fill the empty spot spot inside of me from the missing sparkly yarn. Okay, you know what? That could be taken so many wrong kind of ways. Now I so want to make a Twilight parody with yarn. With Bella, there's like, she has a sparkly skein and a fuzzy skein. Well, what are you going to do for her? How are you going to do the emo skein? She would just be the knitter. Okay. Well, one of the perfect ones for me is number 61. This yarn possesses qualities that make it perfect for insert insane idea here. Then again, there's always the one about color. I must have this color. (laughs) Yes, number 67, also kind of a killer for me. Its color name is blank, and blank is important to me. See half of my indigo dragonfly (laughs) yarn. Mostly the ones with the firefly names. I was going to say, I don't think that uh, squashed unicorns on busy highways are important to you. <laughs> no. Or there was a yarn, a skein of yarn from another dyer, cannot remember the name of right now, who did a lot of ones on TV shows, and she had a 24 yarn. Oh, that would have sunk you. Which is so not my colors, but I bought it because it was 24. And because also this one twin. knit up, it looked really cool. There's one I like that maybe doesn't necessarily apply to me. But number 75, I'm super jealous that insert knitter here has this yarn and I don't. So yes, I'm sure you can look through the list and find a whole bunch of those that apply to you. And if you can't, you really need to find yourself an enabler friend. Yes, everyone should have at least one enabler friend. Yes. But of course, after going through all those lengths to justify buying yarn and justify our, our, I was about to say hobby, but habit also goes. Actually, one of the books I got from the library this week is the Yarn Harlot's new book, All Wound Up. And in it, she has an essay called Knit Junkie. And I won't read any of her essay or her responses in here. But basically what it is, is she goes through the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders of the DSM-4 through the section on addiction. Now you all have to be honest with yourselves. Yes. 
during this segment. And of course, we realize that there is still a difference between our answers to this and actual addiction, especially when it comes to substance abuse and things like that. Not to trivialize that, but, you know, just to be somewhat aware of certain things that that may apply in some small way to ourselves. (laughs) She lists the different criteria here, which, and an addict is defined as an individual showing any three or more specific criteria within a year. Again, obviously it's different for... Knitting is not exactly the same as, again... Crystal meth? Yeah, substance abuse, gambling addiction, addiction or anything like that. But again, as sort of a, a self-exploratory <laughs> exercise... If I have to have an addiction, I choose knitting. Yes. But so the first one is tolerance as defined by either a need for markedly uh, increased amounts of the substance to achieve the desired effect or markedly diminished effect with continued use of the same amount. So yeah, in your shopping trips for yarn, have you decided to get prettier yarn? More yarn? Fancier yarn? Fancier yarn? More expensive yarn? Just to try it out? Does, you know, does, does plain, like, Cascade 220 not do anything for you now and now you need hand dyes for your sweaters? Or it could be through the act of knitting itself. Do you, did you start out just knitting a couple times and now you have to have knitting with you at all times, otherwise you go insane? Or maybe there's a particular brand... Madeline Tosh that you discovered. You know, or does knitting have to be more complex? That would be me. Well, in some cases, admittedly. I do still do stockinette socks. It's just, I usually do them as a counterpoint to... Yeah, you do. You do something more fancy. And as we were just discussing when we were talking about some of the patterns in the Knit Circus magazine, I have been looking for sweaters and have sometimes been disappointed that there's so much stockinette in the sweaters. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly, part of that too is because I'm a plus size, I'm going to be knitting so many more stitches than anyone else. I would like to be able to do something fancy to keep my attention. I think my addiction is having my knitting with me because there have been days at work where I had just, you know what? I really, 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 really want to go home and knit. Well, that gets into point number two, withdrawal. Yeah, there you go. There we as go. in, which in the DSM-4 is defined as characteristic withdrawal syndrome for a specific substance or the same or closely related substance taken to relieve withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, put me on a three-hour flight and tell me that I can't knit. Someone's getting hurt. Well, and Stephanie Perlmuffy-McPhee has written quite a few times about how, you know, knitters are not more patient people. We just have a way to... Knitting makes us patient. Yes. Mainly because it's a way to distract us from waiting. It gives us something to do while waiting. Knitters are never bored so long as we have our knitting. Yes, take away the knitting and then you have mutiny. Yeah. I think the word she used was squirrely, which is probably accurate as well. Yeah, and I I have to admit, there have been quite a few times, especially when I'm at work or somewhere, and I do kind of get itchy hands. Like, it is like, it is, it is a physical feeling, like, that I get sort of in my hands, like, I really want to have knitting in my hands I know that feeling. right now. I know that feeling. <laughs> and every time it happens, I'm like, man, you have got it bad. <laughs> you know, after this episode is released, somebody's going to show up at the door with, you know, a Surgeon General's notice or something like that. <laughs> we've come to take you to the, the funny farm. Okay, number three is the substance is often taken in larger amounts or over a longer period than was intended. Nobody can just walk into which, a yarn store and buy one scheme. Yes, which if you think about this in terms of your stash... There you go. It's like, um, yes, yeah, so what was I saying about needing to do a little bit of de-stashing? Yeah, something new that I've done is I've actually bought skeins. Quite, I've bought two sweaters worth of skeins Ooh. up there, and I haven't started either of them yet. And I'm, I'm still jonesing for another set. Yeah, I think my main stash thing is sock yarn. Just because it's so easy because there's so many different things you can make out of it. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't feel like... I need to have a plan for it as much. Especially, too, because if you get other kinds of yarn, you're like, okay, you have to consider how much will I need. It's good better to have a project in mind so you can get the amount that you need and not have to get and more later it. and then yeah. be like, oh, crap, I needed the same dye a lot, that sort of thing. With a sock yarn, it, I know that I can make a whole bunch of different things with one skein of sock yarn. Yep. I mean, we saw it just in Knit Circus where you fingering weight yarn, which is in the same range as a lot of sock yarns, yeah. One skein, you get a shawl. Yeah. Or socks. Or socks. Or gloves. Or mittens. Or mitts. Or hat. Or... There you go. A whole bunch of things. So number four is, there, there is a persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control substance use. Yarn diets! Well then... <laughs> mm. Yarn diets. I haven't 
actually gone on many yarn diets, I should say. I haven't gone on any yarn diets that were planned, because when we had a baby and my studio became a nursery all of a sudden, my stash shrank, and that was out of necessity. My stash is regrown, and I have no intention on going... (laughs) I'm trying to do the proper diet of consistent intake. That way I never have to do a yarn diet. Yeah, I've had moments where, or times where it's been like, okay, I'm not going to buy any yarn for the next two months, say, because the Knitter's Frolic is coming up. Right. Or something like that. I've have seen a lot of people who have done something where, like, they've tried not to buy any yarn for an entire year. Or gone on, like, a yarn diet, like a much larger yarn diet where they don't buy anything for six months or whatever. With certain caveats. I'm wondering how big their stash is. Wow. Yeah. Well, one thing I, w- I will post to make everyone feel better after they have listened to all these questions and started thinking about how it applies to them. There was a blog post that I saw last year that someone did of, I believe it was their mother or their mother-in-law's stash which they called the world's biggest stash. I've seen pictures of this. I will post a link to this so everyone will feel better. Because you will look at this picture and be like, oh, okay, okay, my stash isn't that big. I think there are knitting stores that don't have this Yeah, I have seen knitting stores that are smaller than the room that this person keeps their stash in. (laughs) They're like, most of the Toronto yarn stores, I think, are smaller. Minus Romney, most of the Toronto yarn stores are smaller than the room this person keeps their stash in. So number five, a great deal of time is spent in activities to obtain the substance, use the substance, or recover from its effects. Um, visiting yarn stores? No comment there. That's just self-explanatory. Though really, like, in that case, it's probably a good thing that we actually don't have a local yarn store that I can get to through public transit. Because actually, I don't actually spend a lot of time going to yarn stores. I don't really spend a huge amount of time, like, window shopping on the internet either. Mainly because I'm trying not to spend money on more yarn. But, you know, maybe once every couple months I go to Toronto or into Ancaster. I don't think I've been to Stitch in five months. Mainly because it's easier to get to Toronto or Ancaster because I can do that by public transit. Though when it comes to, you know, great deal of time spent using the substance or, you know, using yarn or knitting, well, yes, but then also, again, that's not really... It's not hazardous. Yeah, it's not a hazardous thing. Because also, you know, yeah, I spend a lot of, a fairly bit amount of time knitting, but it's when I'm on the bus or watching TV. No one is going to die as a result yeah. of a slip stitch. It's not like I'm skipping work to knit or, you know, it's not like I'm staying up way too late at night to knit or doing other things like that. This is, and this is all time when you're technically doing something else, but. And then number six is important social, occupational, or recreational activities are given up or reduced because of substance use. No, I don't think so. I think we get yeah. more social activity. Yeah. Because of substance abuse. Yeah, because we go to knit night. Right. We do a podcast. Yep. We get together with friends other nights of the week. Okay. And in that case, and two, because it doesn't really, like, knitting doesn't prevent you from doing this other stuff. Like, even if I'm not getting together with other knitting friends, it doesn't prevent me from going to the movies. Right. I just take my knitting to the movies. It doesn't prevent you from going to, I, I go out to dinner with some friends from work. And while we're, you know, we've finished looking at the menus, we're waiting for our waiter to come around, I pull my knitting out. And I mean, it also mentions occupation, so like, we don't skip work to knit. No. (laughs) You know, or I don't, you know, I don't knit at, I generally don't knit at work, period. I don't knit at my desk. Okay, so the last one doesn't really apply. That doesn't really apply. Number seven, the substance uses continue despite knowledge of having a persistent or recurrent physical or psychological problem that has been caused or exacerbated by the substance. No. No, (laughs) I mean... I I think in very many cases, if any knitter found that they were a, as an example, allergic to wool, they switched to cotton or to cashmere or to something else really damn fast. Or the only other way I could see this applying is if someone I know had arthritis, carpal tunnel, yeah, some other program, that. and continues knitting despite the fact that it hurts. You then know? there is something else going on. Yeah, then you need to put down the needles. <laughs> but even that, but in that case too, I think I think a lot of people like if it's actually painful to knit or if it causes actually joint problems, I think most people would be more likely to not knit and 
whine about it. <laughs> yeah. Rightfully, and rightfully so, whine yes. about it. Rather than, you know, force themselves to keep knitting, even though it hurts. Unless they're, like... Masochistic? Or unless it's Christmas Eve and oh. they really have to finish this. Well, that's its own special kind of, yeah. you know... That's its own special kind of situation. But yeah, so that's the list. You can judge how well you fit that. And actually, I'd love to hear which... Which ones do you think you count for count for you the most? So probably next week we will be uh, podcasting from the Funny Farm, where we will be in a padded room, and we have those coats on that let you hug yourself, that you cannot knit. And we'll probably be frothing at the mouth around I can knit them. myself one. You can knit yourself so I'm gonna knit myself a sweater with really long sleeves. That will be the exercise of compromise in between. Yes. But yeah, I think there's a few, quite a few things there that, that sort of apply to us. No, I think so too. Again, with the caveat that, okay, this is not destroying our lives. Yeah. You know, it is not negatively impacting our work or our relationships and or our, quali- our quality of life. Speaking of quality of life, we want to extend a happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving, guys! Have fun with the traveling (laughs) for you guys who, for some reason, put it at the end of November. And Black Friday. Oh, God. Yeah, it's our biggest sympathies go out to anyone who, A, has to work Black Friday, period. Yes, period. Especially if you're in the toy department. Yes, because I worked at Toys R Us for the Christmas season, and we don't have Black Friday, but it was still insane in December. It it would have to be a million times worse for Black Friday. And especially for people whose companies are being enormous asshats and deciding to open at like midnight on Thanksgiving. Which in essence means that those employees would have to sacrifice their Thanksgiving hours with their family so that they can get the required amount of sleep Mm -hmm. so that they don't fall over somewhere around 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, that is just taking things way too far. The merchandise will be there at 9 a.m. Yeah. Anyway, that's this Canadian's opinion. But in any case, we do know that jobs are important in this economy, and sometimes the decision is not made, is not ours to make. So our sympathies and uh, our encouragements go out to you. May you be fortified with warm socks and lots of squishy geeky hugs and knitting when you return home. And pointy needles to stab anyone, anyone who starts bitching at you because they didn't get whatever yeah, take your they DPNs. lined up for. Take your DPNs to work and put them <laughs> in your back pocket. So if anyone starts whining at you that the toy of the season is not in after the stampede, yeah, you have our permission to stab them. But enjoy uh, your turkey for many days. For many weeks. Because we know that you know you can't eat that turkey in just one sitting. Turkey, pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes. Enjoy. Wear uh, really loose pants. Yes, this is the day to wear the stretchy pants. Okay, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar for our microphone fund, you can visit us at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment on our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash Knit One Geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.